poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is Tuesday, so it is a tactical day. I'm joined by my co-host, John. What's up, sir? How's it going? It's going well. I guess, you know, I was just... As I was doing the intro, I can't say as always anymore because Philosophical Friday has been running without me. So um, I saw so, that. I saw that. Peter Birmingham. Yeah. Pete, Pete and Duncan have been holding the fort down through the holiday season. Um, so, yeah, not as always. You know, maybe there's a time when people listen to the CPG podcast and reminisce. Yeah. Bradless. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember when it was as always. Who Brad was the and, host again? Like, <laughs> I used to know. <laughs> Who is the host of that? Um, it, it's like when, um, around the horn switch hosts from, uh, Max Kellerman to, uh, Tony Reale. And I know the show. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that Kellerman was the old host. He was a host for like years, like you yeah. for years. And then he like went his old way his and everybody, Everybody yeah. forgot about him um, being the host of Around the Horn. So yeah, eh, one could only news. one could only hope that that's that's the path. That there's such a capable human being that takes over that people just they're like, oh I, I forgot about Brad. Um, happy New Year, by the way, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. John John's still smarting over his missed opportunity to say see you next year uh, last week. <laughs> Yeah. This, this is the saddest moment of Tactical Tuesday, I think, ever. <laughs> breaking that 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 gift. Yep. He uh, I lobbed him up a grapefruit and he just totally whiffed and yeah, yeah. it splattered all over the ground. So, anyways, deuces in the cutoff, deuce of clubs, <laughs> deuce of <laughs> playing five handed, five what, what is, limit. What is the uh theme? Do we have a theme before we It's another uh, loose themed episode, but really like the 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 main part of this, the meat of this episode, I think, is going to be like trying to get into like my opponent's heads and like trying to understand what they were thinking or kind of maybe what they should have been thinking um, in these spots. I think this first hand especially is, is I don't know, at least to me was really, really interesting. And I think, um, I don't know, I like I still can't tell whether it's an absolute punt or just a, a genius play. Okay. All right. So let's diagnose. See if we have a mm-hmm. punter genius or some kind of Frankenstein hybrid mix of the two. Um, so you open 25 with deuces from the cutoff. The yep. small blind three bets you to 120. Small blind appears to be reg. Yep, appears to be a reg. We're about 130 big blinds effective to start the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, not too much to do here except peel the deuces. I, I guess there's some ranges that probably advocate for folding like bottom pocket pairs like deuces and threes but yeah not my charts <laughs> <laughs> not in john land um 
so you do call the deuces facing the three bet. There's two fifty in the pot. Yeah. You get you get a flop. Um good flop. Really good flop. Yeah. It's not it's not great, but it's it's good. You know, you, you have a gut shot and an underpair on Tray four six, so got a decent amount of equity here. I mean, it's, it's probably like one of the best flops you can get without yeah, having a deuce great. on it. This right? is not great. Like, what does it well, take for you? Three four five, I guess. Oh, An open ender, flop a set. Wait, set. Oh, okay, yeah. Now we're now we've just lost our minds. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 you're. Have you ever my, flopped my, a set? Have you ever called a three bet and flopped a set? I mean, that's just. I, I wasn't aware that that even happens. Oh. Some, sorry, my apologies. Um, I didn't realize that you chronically ran so bad in poker that you could you just gotta like eke out your profit in six four three, baby. That's that's great. That's great enough for me. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, so you flop a gut shot with an underpair. Villain starts out by betting half pot. Anything I is, yeah. I was gonna say I think this is uh very much expected. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the uh, pre-flop three better uh, is likely not c-betting this board with range um, so not too surprised to see that when they do c-bet they size up slightly from like the you know the one-third range sizing so i think anything from like half to three quarters would would be totally expected here um on this board do, would you have a raising range facing this bet probably not facing this size i think facing the smaller size um i can justify having more of a raising range. I think versus this size, I'd play my entire continuing range as, as a as a call. Okay. All right. So you do indeed call. The turn is a five. So now you've got a straight. Congratulations. Things are actually great. Things are actually pretty great now. You know, even though it is the the dummy end, um, quite unlikely villain has a seven. Don't have a ton of sevens in their range. It so, probably have to be exactly pocket sevens. Maybe seven eight suited, would yeah. Maybe seven eight suited, but those those, those I'd would be surprised be... if I saw seven eight suited. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw sevens. I guess is yeah. well, they have more combos of sevens and seven eight suited, and oh, that's true. So <laughs> it makes sense. It wasn't for um, that reason, but <laughs> <laughs> so on the turn they go ahead and bet, which is quite an interesting selection of decisions here yeah so this is where yeah yeah, this specific turn card in this specific spot you would expect to be checked most always correct Correct. yeah um hey yeah i was very surprised to see him bet really surprised to see him bet this size like it's just very clear that he wants to play for stacks um in my again in my mind the value region is like so narrow it's like pocket sevens that i was shocked that to even see this bet um but are you a little sad or nervous like yeah i was uh, a little nervous i yeah. was like like i mean i'm not gonna fold this straight in a three of pot but like how can you do this without exactly <laughs> right, like like how are you not afraid of this yeah. board how, like I have, I have every set i have i have seven x i have deuce deuces deuces probably ace deuce suited like yeah. the, the three that have backdoor flush draws like yeah. you, this is a board where like you you have a lot of uh yeah a lot of firepower and yeah. they don't really have that much and they're still betting which is a little disconcerting so yeah i'm getting a little uncomfortable but really like you know for him to bet the size here if he if this is something that he 
does regularly. I would assume it's just way too easy to overbluff here and just barrel like King Jack or something and just tell, you know, pretending like, or just tell yourself like, oh, they can only call with a seven. Um, you know, I'm just going to rep seven X. I would guess that it's that if, you know, if this player trends in one direction, it's probably the overbluffing yeah. direction if he picks this size. And I mean, it's not like you can do anything but call with deuces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just, you're handcuffed by the strategic implications of like, you can't ever fold deuces here because you just can't. Um, so what about a set? I'm guessing that oh. a set is even it's better than deuces thing. because yeah. a set can improve and deuces can't really improve. I mean, I think to me, like the main thing is that he's just the value range that he's repping is so narrow that like yeah. set deuces, it's like all sort of the same thing. I think the real question is like, is like one pair the same thing? Yeah. I think that the way that this situation set up is that you have such a robust value range that like you probably don't need to call with pairs like eights, for instance. I, I think like you just have so many sets and you have so many straights that like you can afford to fold um, some of those single paired hands or a lot of those single paired hands. I get what you mean. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. Like we just have, we just have easy hands to continue here, right? Like yeah. easy continues that we don't need to like stretch for eights. But I think I would look at eights and I'd just be like, this guy's saying he has exactly sevens. Like would he ever bet a hand that's better than eights that's not seven seven in this spot? probably yeah. no like i would expect no and then i think i would just call with eights and just say like yeah he's probably over bluffing yeah so like you're going the exploit route under the assumption that they're over bluffing here mm. right um which i think yeah like that's the riskier path um the less risky path is like oh i just have like obvious natural continues here and so yeah. like I, i'll just continue with those and not continue yeah. with these other categories of hands and move on with yeah. life right yeah. Sort of in that same vein, I guess, just as a hypothetical, like if you think villain can easily be over bluffing here and say you have a hand, like it's hard to find many hands on this board, like, uh, I don't know, ace queen of hearts or something that you call the flop with any thought of like, like, what do you do with ace high? Like, right. Or can you just click it? If yeah. if they're like yeah, over bluffing yeah, yeah. and you have like king queen of hearts, like could you yeah, just yeah, like yeah. very easily click it here and risk seven forty to win six eight eight sixty seven and like that that would be a viable path too. Right, right. Um, I think that's yeah. Now we're like getting into like interesting land where like hmm, what do we do with like you know like should there be a single hand that we fold versus this size is kind of what we're asking. Yeah, that's that that is uh. I think that like whenever villain deploys a strategy and that's one of the thoughts that happens when you really think about villain strategy, that their strategy is probably pretty fragile. <laughs> like if, if we can make it to the point to where like, maybe we just shouldn't ever fold anything and we yeah. can just like continue in a myriad of ways with a bunch of different variety of hands, like it, like we can basically turn a profit with what whatever we have in range. Yep. Villain strategy is like pretty suspect, I yep. think. Yep. Yeah. So you call uh, the rivers the ten of hearts. So yeah, it doesn't really change anything. I guess the only cards that would really change something for you would be like a deuce or a seven. <laughs> Those yeah. would be uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of sad cards. Um, and villain jams. And again, I'm still I, like. I'm not sure what, what to expect. Like, I don't know if I like this or not. I'm yeah, but you are, 
as we mentioned before, kind of handcuffed to strategy. You just yep. basically have to call deuces. Um, and so you do. And villain shows up with kings. And I assume that, like, you know, when you were setting this hand up and you mentioned villain, like just a, a really interesting hand, I assume that, like, you're talking about villain's decision here to go for three streets with kings. Yes. Yeah. This was not one of the hands that I expected to see when I call. Um, you know, just going back one street previous to the turn and talking about how I would probably would have just called the turn with eights because I thought this guy's over bluffing. Mm -hmm. If this guy takes sort of like a mergey value strategy with a hand like Kings and decides to go for three streets, I would have gotten completely destroyed. Um, yeah. And Luckily, so, yeah, that's, you had a straight, that, not eights. <laughs> thank God. I, yeah, I didn't have like a, like a pure, pure bluff catcher. Um, and I think that like whenever, yeah, like as you said, whenever they do sort of merge here with kings, right? Or really they're just going for thin value. Um like that will destroy a high bluff catch right response, right? Like that'll that'll destroy like you calling with all of your single paired hands, like ace five, for instance. Right. right, right? right. Ace five yeah, exactly. is essentially the same hand as like, you know, just deuces. Uh, deuces, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. A pair all pairs are like the same in value, but as villain adds in some of these hands, um, so like really they're they're deploying, you know, they're they're getting tricky here. They're. I thought the turn thing was so cool, and like maybe I'm just like giving a punter like an extreme amount of credit that I shouldn't be, but I thought the turn was like, yo, this guy probably knows that if I bet the size on the turn, my value range should be like so tight that he's probably gonna overcall, like thinking that I'm just way over bluffing here, and. Yeah. That's uh, like in practice, that's not what happened in this hand because I had a straight, but like that is probably what would have happened if I had one pair. And so, yeah, I thought this was, I thought this was really cool, but I could also, you know, if someone, you know, if, if you or another good player like came up to me and was like, yeah, this is just a punt, I'd be like, mm, yeah, maybe it is. I, I, I can't tell. I mean, it appears that it would have worked in this exact hand, in this exact moment, had you had one of the other hands right yeah. like had you had a hand that they were targeting it appears as if it would have been a successful um successful strategy so like i think yeah i mean that's uh i don't know right like it, i mean that that's the nature of like an exploitative strategy right like it's yeah. either going to work really really well if the assumptions they make are correct and it's going to work really really bad if the assumptions that they make are incorrect and so like in this case they actually made a bunch of correct assumptions unfortunately ran into a part of the range that right. didn't benefit from those assumptions. Right. Like he doesn't um, learn anything from this hand. No, he doesn't learn anything at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think it's probably a really good exploit and they just, they ran into a portion of your range that like they don't want to. And I, I, I think the, the downside to this is that <clears throat> they're going to run into this portion of your range quite often because this board is so heavily in right. our favor that like right. it, it probably it's very clever but it probably just falls on its face and comes apart when the reality is like this board we have so many good hands on this board that yeah. like they're going to run into these type of hands so 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 often and as mm. soon as somebody like doesn't have that thought that you had and starts folding like eights yeah. Or nines, yeah, or jacks, or whatever. Yeah, then they're toast. Yeah. Then the the only hands that continue 
are these kind of hands. And so like their Kings are, are just dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, they really need to know the player they're playing against and really. It's just, he did. It's kind of scary that he did like, I would have fallen right into this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's impressive that they did in this exact hand. Um, and they still got stacked. So (laughs) (laughs) it, what would be really sad is we do all this analysis and then this guy reaches out to us and he's like, yeah, sorry guys, I just misread the board. I thought the turn was a four. Yeah. <laughs> it was just value jamming on what I thought was a non-four-liner. Yeah. I think like, I mean, one problem is like the way the four-liner is constructed, you know, like this three, four, five, six type of four-liner is so much more dangerous than like, um, like a deuce four, five, six, for instance, where like only one card makes the straight. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like here a three a deuce or a seven and you do have deuces and you have a bunch of sevens in a range so like you hit it at the top and the bottom and you have all the sets so like you just have so many great hands on this yeah. board that i think by virtue of that um the strats just not going to perform super well over a large I think it's just like the rough math, though. I think it's pretty close because it's three, four, or sorry, three, six, nine, 12 combos of sets, mm-hmm. right? Four combos of, oh, sorry, six combos of sevens and six combos of deuces. So that's 24. Eight, then, seven suited, all the seven, eight suited. Yeah. Six, seven suited. Yeah, there's way too much seven X. Yeah. Five, six suited, four, five <sighs> suited, pocket fives. Man. Like there's a, like your value range here is like, very robust. You have yeah. a lot of value combos on this board. Yeah. It's feeling more and more like a punt down when you throw in all those hands. Yeah, like I think the the theory, the thought behind it is like a good thought. And I think that like it can apply broadly across other areas in like uh similar situations, but the in position player's value range to pull this off well needs to not needs to be much narrower. Than, yeah. than it yeah. is here. Right. Like right. they just need to have way fewer combos of value in their range. Right. Right. Okay. okay. Um, all right. So crown this guy too early. I mean, it, it could just be a, a situation of like really good thought, wrong spot, but you can learn from it, right? Yeah. Like he can learn from this spot too when he listens to Tactical Tuesday. I want to try this so bad now. I know I'm just going to punt off a stack as soon as I do it, but like I just, I want to do this King's thing so bad. That's like the first <laughs> thought that I had when, when this hand got shown down. Yeah. <sighs> well, I'm sure we'll be breaking down hands where you punt in the very near future with in a, in a similar <laughs> yeah, spot. Well, maybe we can see how many tactical Tuesdays it te- takes for me to successfully get heroed by pocket eights. Yeah. This is how we, we come up with uh, better themes for tactical Tuesday. You, we just have to like set them up for the future. Um, <laughs> theme is John tried this out and punted twice. Here are the results. Let's see if we can learn. Um, all right. So this hands in the books, stick around after the break. I believe John wants to bust open Equilab and for the, for the podcast listener, I feel like I've maybe missed breaking down the action here and have kind of hosed. I'll go through this hand one more time, just so you're clear. Um, listening to the episode, we called a three bet with deuces, flop is tray four six, villain bet half pot, turn was a five, um, villain bet three fourths, 
and we called. So three, four, five, six, we got deuces. River was a 10 of hearts and villain Jan for 751 and we called. So they went bet, bet, bet on three, four, six, five, ten with no available flush and we called with deuces and they had kings. All right. So now stick around after the break, hand number two coming right at you. fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do one man coach brad wilson has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds nuffle available now go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash nuffle rated r all right Welcome back to the first Tactical Tuesday of the new year, 2023. John, we have a loosely themed episode, so why don't we jump straight into the action here? Sure. So a rare start to a a Tactical Tuesday hand. The button limps. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So yeah, probably a fish on the button. Um, Mm -hmm. Small blind is a reg. ISOs to $45. Yep. Uh, we already have a decision here. Preflop with ace of spades, queen of clubs, ace queen offsuit. Um, whether to three bet or flat. Benefits of three betting: this hand is certainly ahead of the small blinds ice wing range. Um, it'd be like a value three bet. Uh, downside of you know one of the immediate downsides I see of three betting is that it's very likely that the fish on the button folds. He's probably the player that's most likely to make the biggest mistakes post flop. Um, so kind of kicking him out of the pot doesn't seem all that exciting yep so choose your own adventure novel i'll leave the ultimate decision up to you kind of hard to go wrong just don't fold yeah yeah yeah. it's hard to go wrong flat john chooses the next page flatting path let's see how this works out for him hold your finger in john's flat though like (laughs) (laughs) hold the place in the book so you can come back to it and change it later on if you die (laughs) you could die a very terrible death um so John calls with ace queen off after the button limps and the small blind isos. There's 135 in the pot. The flop is king 10 seven rainbow. John has ace queen. It's three ways. The button limp called. Um, so you flop a gut shot here. Pretty all things considered. Pretty good scenario, I think. Gut yep. shot to the nuts. Mm-hmm. Um the small blind mm-hmm. checks, which is pretty expected. Yeah, don't think we can read into this check at all. Uh, um, very, very much expect a reg in the small blind to be checking close to range here. Um, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you want to like get really crazy and be like, oh, like, you know, would we expect a reg to check when there's like a fish on the button? But I think like the standard, you know, the most expected thing here is that the small blind starts out with a check. Yeah, so then you have the decision as to like whether or not to bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, from my perspective, I would just hand the choose your own adventure book to the button and be like, here, you, you have choices, yep. make, make a decision. And then we'll decide from there. So like, basically yep. if you check to the button, you can gain additional information that informs you on how to proceed. And right. importantly, a, a key piece of information would be if the button bets and the small blind check raises, I think that would be um, a situation where you're just going to be check folding the flop without investing any bet. And you're essentially relying on the button to reveal that information. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. We can check here, sort of force the small blind to 
revealed his plan or yeah. the strength of his hand yeah. by allowing the button to bet and we get to just kind of be like a innocent bystander that doesn't put yeah, it it's, it's like you're about to enter the lava flow and here's choose your adventure button and he's like oh i'm gonna do this and the small blind's like I kill you. And you're like, oh, well, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you keep the book. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't give it back. We're, we're good. We're good, buddy. <laughs> I knew this, this lava flow looked weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were totally unafraid. You didn't even notice the lava. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. Um, <laughs> the turn is a pretty good turn, though. Flop gets checked around, yeah. Um, the flop gets checked around. The button checks. The turn is a jack of hearts. So king, jack, ten, seven. You have the nuts, which is a good hand. There's 135 in the pot. Everybody's got around 1,000. The button has 930, but... Uh, oh, and the, and the small blind has 1,100. So add them together. Everybody's got about 1,000. Um, now the small blind bets a third on the turn and you're at another decision point here with the nuts i think it's pretty I think it's like a easy one yeah yeah didn't think it was like a tough decision just gonna be raising here all day especially facing this size um i don't think there's that much to talk about no nah, i mean you you have good hand and you yeah. don't block any pairs or sets and like right. the good hand that you have is like uh a little bit more concealed because as we discussed pre-flop like it's probably a mixed strategy here where like villain doesn't know that we have like a bunch of ace queens in range and mm -hmm. you know yeah so you raise and you bring out the boomstick here is this is this i don't know it feels like the boomstick they bet 43 into 135 and you boom it to 264 so like this is a i was gonna ask you if you thought this was too small really yeah, it's like going, it's like six X. It's pot. Yeah. I mean, he's getting two to one. The small blind is getting two to one exactly. When yeah. yeah. This size, so, um, I think that I, I, I would not push it. I wouldn't push the envelope. I mean, like, let's be honest here. The reality is like you're raising and like you do have like the top of your value range, but you don't have many low equity hands when you do this. Like, I would venture to guess that you have no low equity hand when you do this um, multi-way here with the, on this board in this situation. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting such a good price in position, allow myself to keep the fish in and maybe make like a mistake. If I had a low equity hand, like a flush draw or something like that, like, you know, yeah, I'd probably flat the 43 here with most of my low, low equity hands are right. Maybe this raise is just, yeah, I mean, you need really imbalanced. You, there's no maybe it is there's no doubt about it like there like i don't know who you're i don't know who you're trying to like sell this to but like i'm not i'm not a buyer um like i can see the situation in front of me and i i'm aware right, 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 right. um you you need to be pulling like queen 10 suited something along those lines all the hearts um all the hearts but you also like probably need to block ace queen so like queen of hearts something that isn't a pair and isn't a straight because you the last thing that you would want to do is like get jammed on um <laughs> yeah, that's the but, real reason i wouldn't be able to raise any of those hands i'm right, so like, scared of getting jammed on right you'd be terrified of getting jammed on right so like you know you need something with some kind of blocker properties that doesn't have a ton of equity 
right. that you can sacrifice to, you know, just sacrifice to the God of uh, yeah. small blind, having all the best hands here. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I probably don't even have that many like queen X of hearts hands to pull from. And even if I did, I'd be so scared of getting jammed on and having to fold out my equity that I would not risk it. Correct. Exactly. So you're never bluffing here. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's the moral of the story. Um, so, so this guy raised, tanked all the way down before calling. Yeah. Um, used like probably spent like 45 seconds before calling. Mm-hmm. Just the data point. So they probably have a hand and they're trying to figure out if they, how much of your value they beat with their hand. Like, so the river is a jack of diamonds. So king, 10, seven, jack, jack. The board pairs on the river. Um, not not the card you wanted to see. I don't think. Yeah, it's just, that's definitely not the card that I wanted to see. Um, I actually expected, so villain small blind does start out by checking here. I actually expected him to donk jam a lot. So I saw this jack of diamonds and I sort of like, I sort of exhaled and I was like, oh, okay, we're going to have to, we're gonna have a tough decision. Um, is that something that you'd expect on this run out? Absolutely. Yeah, I okay. like this hand demotes all of villain straights and promotes a lot of the hands that call the raise. Yeah. So, like they, you know, I would be utterly shocked and amazed if you raise the turn with like King Jack or Jack Ten. I think yeah. that would just be. I just don't think you do it. Like maybe, and then like, how do you have sevens, right? Like you got to check the flop multi-way with a fish on the button and you flop bottom set, no chance. Like you just, when you raise a turn, like you've got straights. Yep. And that's real. That's your, that's your, your whole range is straight. So like when the board pairs, um, they should be jamming like every time I think with like any hand that they have ace, deuce of hearts, they should be jamming with King 10. They should be like just, they should, and it's like a very easy strategy for them to have too, because they have all the boats. And so like, it's hard for them to over bluff. Um, and so, yeah, like they, they really miss an opportunity here to, yeah, to, to yeah. jam. I, like, I was in your camp. I fully expected to jam on the river. And I was like, I was like, before he checked, I was deflated. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to like do some math here or something. Um, yeah. Just another checks. data point in the um, initiative is a mirage camp don't uh don't at me on twitter <laughs> oh, that's for that's for peter and uh peter and duncan to peter talk duncan. about these days yeah. yeah on on philosophical friday um but yes strategically the small blind here should absolutely jam most all the hands that they have in range i, I yep. just can't see a world where that's not not what the do you about queen jack like queen jack i think should fold the turn yeah. so Probably doesn't even have it. No, I think like if they do tank down with like their two pairs and they're like nut flush draws or combo draws, you know, queen ten of hearts. There's just not a, there's not a hand I can imagine they call the turn with that doesn't want to jam the river on this specific river. Yeah. Um, which by the way is like one of the key things here, I guess, as it relates to like your imbalanced turn strategy. Is that like you're exceptionally unbalanced on the turn and therefore this decision is like really, really easy for them. Yeah. 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 That's, 
that's a really good point. Once I once we like deduce that I'm never raising anything other than Ace Queen on the turn, you should just be super happy to jam mm-hmm. on this river. Yep. Yeah. Um so we feel good to see check, and then we feel bad instantly again because I have to decide whether or not to value bet ace queen. And yeah, uh, feels really, really close. Um, and to get a better idea for about whether ace queen is a good value bet here or not, we're going to use Equilab. Yeah, let's do, do, do this movie high production magic here on Tactical Tuesday. Boom, look at that. There it is. It's already in there with the hand and the situation. Um, podcast viewer, you can't see the magic, but trust me when I tell you it's magical. So what are we going to do with this now? This magical so, block of software. I want to start out by inputting what I expect to be villain's river calling range Yeah, and see what equity my ace of spades, queen of clubs has for versus that range. If my equity is greater than 50%, I should be happy to value jam. If it's less than 50%, I should be checking back. Okay, let's see how we do here. All right. I can so, almost certainly tell you that I would check back and feel pretty good about it. Okay. But that's my my decision here before we input the before these, looking at the equities. Okay. Answers. Yeah. So, let's just pick the obvious ones. King King 1010 Jack Jack 7 7 uh, King Jack, uh, both off and suited. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just cast the widest net possible. We'll, we'll right. start with that. So Jack ten, um, Ace Queen, Queen nine, nine eight, and I think that's it. That's all the boats and straights. Let's press our little evaluate button. Oh, looks like you could value jam this facing the widest net possible. So now let's start pulling the net back because I think this is a stupid net. Um, I think that... What are the most obvious hands that we can take out here? Um, the most obvious hand you can take out, I would say... So I would start with like... Queen nine off. Iso. Queen nine off and eight nine off would be the two most obvious hands that I would take out. Like I would just assume that they're not ISOing all the offsuit variety of either one. Okay. Um, so probably change. Let's just this. take out one of them and assume that they they uh, they do half of the offsuits. Well, you're toast. They don't if they don't have eight, <laughs> eight nine, if they don't have eight nine off. You now now you're you're pretty hosed here, right? Okay. That's all <laughs> um, we needed to see. <laughs> like. We can probably reduce half of queen nine suited. That just jams the turn. Um, I think think ace queen just jams the turn. Possible. Some of it does. Man, that's kind of a wash. So let's take out just take out queen nine suited, and that'll be the same as taking out half of ace queen and half of queen nine. Okay. It's getting worse. Yeah, I mean, they jam queen nine on the turn then. It's also possible, like let's let's go in the favorable camp here. That like maybe we can take Ooh. out sevens, right? Yes. Since like maybe seven sevens can can bet the flop. So yeah, it didn't really do much for us. <laughs> it's gonna be really <laughs> hard to get up to fifty. <laughs> yeah, it that didn't really do very much. Like another question um, I have, you know, if you wanted to go crazy, we're like just jack ten off all these ISO preflop. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Let's see what happens. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, it went up, but 
not to the degree that uh, you need it to. So, yeah. I mean, essentially, like you've oh, just. Oh, wow. You're not sharing the equity. Huh? Oh, no. Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. I didn't realize it showed up on the right. This is magic. Don't question magic, John. <laughs> this is production, the highest quality production, production tactical t- Tuesday has ever had. Um, yeah. So you should not bet the river. That's yeah. intuitively. So yeah. Recap for listeners to value bet the river. Our hand needs to have 50% equity versus their calling range, uh, 50% or more. Uh, we clearly saw that, like, you know, in the most reasonable scenarios, our hand has around 40. And, you know, if you make it like slightly uh, advantageous scenario for the small blind, our equity goes down to like low 30s. Um, so it seems like a very, very clear cut check back. Yes. And maybe the best takeaway from this is like, when a card that is really good for your range comes and you didn't bet the previous street and you're out of position, you, you can bet. It, it's it, like when you when it prompts you as to what you can do, like betting is, a, is an option that you can take and like yeah. quite a reasonable option um, in actually like a wide spectrum of scenarios, but especially in this scenario, it is like very, very, very clear. Yeah. Um, so I assume, I don't know what you did. I assume you checked. Yeah, I checked. And they have top set. And, you know, good for them. Calling the turn to realize and then just letting you off the hook. Yeah. What were like, they tanking on on the turn? Like, whether or not the three bet? It has to jam? be. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be fold. Like, uh, oh, yeah, honestly, ne- it wasn't fold. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, wow, like. Even like considering jamming with kings, I think is highly suspect yeah. on on this board. Like, so uh, yeah, I would say uh, well played, and you probably are a pretty sizable favorite in this this lineup here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no! What do you mean? <laughs> Besides the obvious that you're sitting with three hundred big blinds, and they're both around a hundred. They were playing great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they they were they were doing all the things. So cool. That'll do it for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah, that's all I have for you. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.